Welcome to the Channel for Grace Uncut podcast. This is a deep dive into my life, my stories, my experiences, the things that I love to talk about, the things that inspire me, and my thoughts and observations about the world. This is a podcast where you'll mostly find me sharing myself uncensored, but where you will also meet amazing guests and hear about topics that will inspire you to keep learning, to keep searching for your truth, and to guide you to be unapologetically you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited today to talk about uncovering the ancient secrets of the moon goddess. This is a topic that I am very passionate about. In fact, I'm running an entire program called the Moon Goddess Training that starts on October 6 of 2021. If you're watching before, if you're listening before this um, comes about, I would love to invite you to this program. But I've been running, you know, this Moon Goddess training for a long time. And it is so amazing. And this is so beautiful to that right away, we get this like gem within, you know, the the study of the Moon Goddess that every time that I run this moon goddess training, it, it's always evolving and it's always changing. And how beautiful is it that that is one of the main aspects about the moon that we can connect with that will help us understand this sacred divine feminine energy, which really is what this moon goddess is all about. The moon is the second of the luminaries. And the two luminaries, at least in astrology, which is also my passion, are the sun and the moon. The sun is the only planet in astrology that shines light. And the moon is the only planet that mostly reflects the light of the sun. The moon is the ruler of the night sky, also connected to the owl, which is known as the eagle of the night or the night eagle, while the sun rules that of the day. And the interesting thing is that you can also bring in the aspect of masculine and feminine. The sun is the masculine energy and the moon is the feminine energy. Now the moon is also about our fears, about seeing what is inside us, our inner world. The moon gives us flavor in our personality and it is so dynamic and always changing that she teaches us how to go with the flow of things, how to be okay with constant change. We can see these things in her phases and also in how often she switches from sign to sign. Basically, every two and a half days, the moon moves into a different astrological sign. And there's another aspect of the moon goddess, which are the moon centers, who I'll talk about in a little while, that also switch every two and a half days. And so she is the goddess that is always flowing, always moving, letting spirit flow through her, being guided by her intuition. And that is what the moon teaches us. And why studying the moon is like studying that aspect of you that is the sacred feminine. We all have aspects of the moon 
within us. It, it, there's, there's a part of her inside of us. And, and we, we are, you know, in terms of astrology, we are all of the signs. We have all of the houses. We have all of the signs. We just express them in different ways. And that's very much, if we think about it, it's very, very um, close and emanating of this energy of the moon goddess. To know the moon goddess is to uncover the secrets of the sacred divine feminine. And there are many, many, many ways to dive into this wisdom. But in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about seven different themes or essences of the moon goddess and the moon herself, because she is a goddess in herself, so that you can begin to understand her secrets. Now, one of the most powerful things that whenever I think of the moon or the moon goddess is the fact that in ancient cultures, I mean, we're talking back to ancient Egypt and even further Atlantis and Lemuria, there was always this um, aura of initiation and the mystery schools. And there's no, obviously, in, in, in the history that we know of today, there there is no proof, you know, of these things, but we know as mystics and star seeds that that we don't need that proof because we can feel it intuitively, and that's exactly what the moon goddess is all about. But these energies of initiation are very important to know when it comes to the moon goddess and understanding and uncovering her ancient secrets is that part of the, the, the path of the moon goddess was a path of initiation. And there are two very specific figures that I would love to bring up here. Goddess Isis and Hathor, or the Hathors, who was basically Goddess Isis' teacher. These two beings were sort of the, the beginning of the mystery schools of Isis or the mystery schools of Hathor. They were the beginning of the practices that led to nowadays like rituals and ceremonies and worshiping, you know, the earth or just being connecting and being in tune with the earth and even astrology and hermetic alchemy. There's a beautiful book called The Sophia Code by Kaya Ra. And I want to read you um, a couple of excer excerpts from this book to help you understand from that ethereal perspective and that that higher perspective of what you know these goddesses really were about the the chapter all about goddess Isis um, goes like this and this is a quote Isis speaks I am Isis a divine feminine ascended master teacher for oracular activism and a devoted advocate for Mother Earth. My Sophia embodiment title is She of a Thousand Names, for I am honored throughout the ages with countless names of adoration and respect that reflect my many roles as a spiritual guide for multidimensional empowerment. Mentoring your highest potential is my great honor for your own participation as a leader in this current global awakening is vitally important. When you look to me as a mentor, it is important to understand that I was a woman first. It was through my human journey that I remembered how to embody my multidimensional sovereign power as a key code 
of Sophia. I invite you to receive my human story as a mirror for the same miraculous potential that exists within you. Activating the Sophia Code within me was foundational for my role as an evolutionary divine feminine Christ embodiment of the highest order. And you have the same sovereign power within you to do the same. And this idea of sovereignty is very important because we have forgotten what that word really means. You know, in our society, there's a lot of things we have forgotten. (laughs) Don't get me started on that. But it's this divine wisdom and realizing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, that we are sovereign beings, that we chose to come to earth. Yes, we forgot, you know, who we were. We can't remember that. And so we, we walk this path. We walk upon the earth in search for meaning. And that in itself literally makes you a mystic. Like that in itself makes you a sovereign being who can go and find the answers yourself. And what we learn in a lot of these paths is that <clears throat> the answers are always found within us, that we don't really need to um, look for the answers outside of us. It's like we go on a journey and the journey seems to be from the outside, but the reality is that the journey is from within. And the powerful energy of you know, the teacher of goddess Isis, which was Hathor, is something that um, resembles that of like a motherly energy. Hathor is connected to the age of Taurus. And in the age of Taurus, very, very connected to the, the sign of Taurus, basically rules the sign of Taurus. In the age of Taurus, they worshipped the mother. It was very um, matriarchal. They worshipped the feminine. They worshipped the goddess. And it was, you know, during those times where they found um, those ancient like figurines about, you know, like the women and, and you can tell that they worship the goddess um, and the Hathors were who basically taught goddess Isis everything and about connecting, you know, with the earth. So I want to read a little excerpt about the energy of Hathor from the same book, the Sophia Code uh, and quote, the Hathor star nation speaks. We are the Hathor star nation, a collective of voice of initiates, a collective voice of initiates that ascended with Hathor during a legendary golden age in Egypt. It is our great honor to introduce Hathor as she of a thousand voices, a divine feminine Christ teacher, for activating your voice to speak in the many tongues of Sophia's Holy Spirit. We amplify Hathor's transmission as an accompaniment accompanying congregation of angelic beings that sing in harmony frequency with her teaching embodiment. In our human ascension, ascension with Hathor, we activated the full expression of our angelic DNA. When you receive Hathor's initiations, you may hear our voices singing within thousands of rustling wings and eyes that tone as tongues within spinning wheels of light. For we ascended to become Ophanim angels of the highest order in service of the Shekinah light of Sophia. 
We represent Hathor's ability to initiate the prophet within you for the fulfillment of a great commission, just as we did for Ezekiel. Our collective presence as the Hathor Star Nation activates your own tongue to sing as an angel on earth so that we may joyfully co-create this next golden age together. For within Hathor's guiding light transmission, you will discover the ultimate power of your voice to act as an omniscient creator of new quantum realities. And end quote. This is what I'm talking about (laughs) when it comes to understanding the goddess and where this entire lineage of like the moon goddess and, and worshiping the moon goddess. But it's not just worshiping. It's more about embodying the moon goddess and like realizing that we are all moon goddesses. All this wisdom comes from these ancient schools from these ancient traditions and we're talking atlantis lemuria you know egypt the you know the age of taurus like going way back the wisdom is still here and there's no reason not to tap into and like just get on that boat and and be initiated into the mystery schools of hathor and the mystery schools of egypt and this is basically what i do in these moon goddess trainings but there are more significance. There's more significance found also within the ancient symbols of the tarot and also within ancient, other mythological stories from the, uh, from the, um, uh, <laughs> from the, the ancient Greek, right? Or the ancient Roman stories. And you can find some of these symbols as well. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. But in the, in the tarot, you can connect with a few, there's a few cards that really, for me, I feel like mainly embody this sacred divine feminine energy. And one of them is the high priestess. And when you, when you pull the high priestess card, if you ever look at the high priestess card, she's like sitting on her little throne and she's got the, the, um, the crown of Hathor on her head or the crown of Isis on her head and she is at her best and this is about being at your best and really fully in your intuition and in your feminine sacred divine feminine power the moon card is another one the moon represents our fears because it is it is about diving deep into the emotions and it means that you have to be vulnerable and you have to face the things that sometimes you don't really want to face and this is another aspect of the feminine Another card that um, talks about the sacred defined feminine moon goddess energy is the empress because that's the connection to Mother Earth. And you have to think of the sun, the moon, and the earth have this beautiful dance, especially when every six months you have an eclipse and they, they, they eclipse each other and they're just like dancing like this. And that's so, so feminine and so flowy that it, it, it's beautiful to think of all of the different essences and they're all part of the moon goddess. There isn't, she's not one more than the other. She's all of them at the same time. That's the beauty of this feminine energy. But the Empress card is all about connecting to earth and the fruits of our labor and abundance and being grounded and having that security that is so important for us to be able to truly connect and align with our mission here on earth. 
And the other card that jumps out at me is the Queen of Cups. And she and the Queen of Cups is about being, you know, in your power, being the master of your emotions, meaning using your emotions as a guiding system, which we forget that our emotions really are a guiding system. So connecting with this energy is really powerful because it reminds you that emotions are so much more than we think. And that is what the moon goddess is all about. Now, the two mythological stories um, that I want to talk about, and this really is still under the umbrella of like initiation, you know, energies, is the story of um, goddess Artemis or Diana, which was the goddess of the hunt, and then also a little bit more about goddess Isis. But um, goddess Artemis or Diana was the twin sister of Apollo, uh, the moon goddess. She was known for hunting at night, for being deeply connected to all beings, for taking care of children and young women until they reach the age of marriage. She herself was never married, so she's considered a virgin goddess. She's also um, known to be connected with nature and the night. She's often depicted as a huntress with a bow and an arrow, just like her brother, and a deer by her side, which is the very graceful energy. The deer symbolizes grace and lightness. She spends most of her life protecting, or she spent most of her life protecting her mother with Apollo. And her story gets interesting when she meets Orion. Now, Orion was also a hunter, which she actually falls in love with. But when Orion threatens to hunt and kill all of the animals to prove his love for Artemis, Mother Earth Gaia sends a scorpion to kill him. He dies, but Artemis' father, uh, Zeus, makes him immortal by turning him into a sea creature. Apollo gets jealous of Orion and Artemis' attention to him, and so he challenges Artemis to a duel to prove who was the best hunter. He essentially tricks her into killing Orion, the sea creature. And so Artemis never falls in love again and spends the rest of her days traveling the earth and also protecting the animals. Zeus turns Orion into a constellation in the sky to remember him by. And how interesting is it that when we talk about the moon in this specific story, she was the moon goddess, there's a connection there to the ocean and the fact that um, basically Zeus turns Orion, her lover, into a sea creature in, and the water, it represents the affects, right? It, it's, it's the emotions. And so it's a very interesting, all these beautiful, intricate, intricate connections between the energy of the moon goddess here. Now, the high priestesses, um, uh, goddess Isis. So this is the other goddess that is very collectively um, closely connected to the moon um, and Isis from Egypt. Isis is the high priestess the one who teaches us how to fully embody the goddess in every aspect of our being. And like I mentioned, Kaya Ra wrote the book, The Sophia Code, calls her she of a thousand names. And I love this description because it embraces her essence. She is the Egyptian goddess who, born a woman, experienced human life, and through daily spiritual and prayerful practice, grew to become the ascended goddess and master, feminine teacher that we know today. 
As a priestess of Hathor's lineage, she studied and practiced and essentially became an oracle, a channel for grace. She was able to channel the messages from the planet Earth of healing, peace, and grounding. She would spend hours laying upon the Earth Mother, listening and receiving instruction on how to ceremonially work alongside her so that she would raise our awareness through our communion with the Earth and rise to our ultimate spiritual potential and divine essence. She created mystery schools that would train future initiates like Mother Magdalene, Mother Mary, and Anna, Grandmother of Jesus, into the priestess lineage. As she learned to quantumly embody her soul into this physical time-space reality, she was able to reveal in physical form her ethereal wings. This is the image we mostly recognize as goddess Isis. Now, those two mythological stories and the, the excerpts that I read from the Sophia Code book about goddess Isis and Hathor can give us um, a deep look into these beautiful energies of what it is that how it is that the moon goddess is connected to the energies of initiation because to learn to really embody the moon goddess to uncover the ancient secrets of the moon goddess means that you shall be initiated into these beautiful lineages and that's just one of the themes that you can try to dive into to understand this energy of the moon goddess. The other theme is intuition. The moon really and the moon goddess are really about, you know, intuition. We can see this when we look at um, some astrological aspects. For example, the fact that the moon rules cancer, the energy of cancer, the astrological sign of cancer in astrology, as well as the second chakra. So the moon represents in astrology our emotional attachments, fluctuation, the need for security, emotional expression, instincts, nurturing, and intuition. The moon rules the sign of cancer, and cancer is the crab, who, who is of the ocean, the waters, which the moon actually controls the tides of. So it's all interconnected. The crab is the animal that without a shell is super vulnerable, so it needs this shell to protect it from the outside world. That is what the moon is to us. The moon is our inner world that if exposed can feel vulnerable to being attacked. The moon is, that's why, well, that's why we think of like this chival chivalry, chivalrous energies. It's like the knight that has to protect the princess or whatever. And the princess represents the divine, the sacred feminine that is like this vulnerable thing that has to be protected, but in itself is really powerful. And that's why it has to be protected. Well, the moon is the energy of the sacred feminine embodied. And when you think of what the moon actually does is that she, she's constantly changing. She's constantly in flow. She's never the same for too long. <laughs> you know, showing the beauty of nature or the earth. Now, in the opposite end of the spectrum, the sun is fixed fire. Its light is solid. But the moon is a cardinal water sign, which means it initiates change depending on how it feels in the moment. And this is the moon goddess. The moon also reflects the light of the sun. She encourages us to feel deeper into things and to go with the flow of things to wax and wane with her and to remind us to never stop moving forward. By reflecting the light of the sun, 
which represents the soul, the moon helps us see that our emotions are a reflection of what's inside our soul, the sun. It blows my mind how all of this really so divinely fits together. The moon also rules the fourth house of the home, the family, the mother, um, and she feels the best when she is found in this house in your astrological chart. And then the fourth house itself rules emotions, habits, instincts, moods, domestic urge, females, mother, the physical home, the family, breasts, stomach, body fluids, the subconscious, memory, the public, changing conditions, and the sixth sense. And because of all of these energies, the moon literally rules the second chakra, which is the sacral chakra. The sacral chakra is found in the area of the sacrum and the sexual organs. This chakra has to do with change. The consciousness of this chakra derives from flow, duality, and the attraction of opposites. The nodes, interestingly enough, also portray this duality. The person centered in this chakra needs the freedom to be creative that is so feminine they will tend to indulge their desires. And so there's different energies. This can be a balanced energy or it can be unbalanced or blocked. But when it's balanced, you're, you are able to initiate. You have empathy for others. You, you understand your emotions. There's a generosity and a willingness to share. This genuine intimacy, mutually empowering relationships and a passion for life that is so important when it comes to the moon goddess and the sacred divine feminine energies. The other thing that's so interesting about the moon in terms of intuition, this umbrella of intuition that we're talking about, is the fact that the moon also represents your psychic powers. And so whatever sign your moon is in, in your chart, is your psychic abilities. And I actually have, this is actually, I, I give this, this information away in, um, my free moon astrology guide, which you can, you can download, um, by going to my website and just, uh, registering for my email list. But the, the moon is your psychic abilities. Like in astrology, it literally represents that. I want to see if I can give you an example of one of these energies. Let's talk about the Leo moon. So Leo is the fifth sign of the zodiac, the second fixed fire sign and the second fire sign. The second fixed sign and the second fire sign. Because Leo is ruled by the sun, you have a connection to both the sun and the moon. Ooh, I picked an interesting one. Why this is so powerful is because you're, you source your, your courage, your power and determination from the sun and then you're able to draw people into your energy field with the magnetism of your moon in Leo. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have a moon in Leo. Your gift is charisma and an ability to channel positivity, love, and compassion in a very inspiring way to others. You are the type where people will gather around you to feed off of your amazing and vibrant energy because it makes them feel good. You make people feel good and you have plenty of that energy to give. Your psychic gift is to channel all that powerful source energy and spread it. 
give it out to the world or bring it into this physical time-space reality. Just like the Gemini moon, you're also a channeler of energy, but more in a heart-centered and solar plexus kind of way. So funny that I like literally pulled the the packet out to the Leo moon, which is my moon. But um, that's just an example of like one of the ways that you can understand how the moon goddess is also connected to intuition and intertwined within the astrology, the realm of astrology to find out what, you know, your psychic powers are. There's another theme or um, essence of the moon goddess, which is empowerment. And this is about learning the essence of being a woman. This is about learning how to take care of yourself and knowing how to set those healthy boundaries. This is, this is the aspect of sovereignty that you have to understand and embody if you're really going to understand the secrets of the moon goddess. She is a sovereign being unto herself. And no, you can't force her to do anything. And this isn't just because it's the feminine and and it's like, you know, uh, trending right now. (laughs) This is because this is who she is and this is who we all are. But in terms of the moon goddess and the sacred divine feminine, she has always been a sovereign being. Like never has she ever been submissive to anything. It's like even within her roles that she chooses, she's sovereign. And that's something that I am going to talk about a lot in the moon goddess training that we're doing in October because I don't think we really understand the significance of the balance between the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine and the ways that we have literally put these roles on people and said well that's not feminine that's not because that takes away her power you will not believe how much power can be found in the role of being of service as your your highest self, your empowered self, your high priestess self, no matter what you are doing, whether you are, you know, running your own business, whether you are a mother, whether you are, you know, being a sibling, whether you, you even you're a child, whether it doesn't matter what role you have, if you do it with your divine essence of that moon goddess, if you're embodying the moon goddess, it doesn't matter what you're doing that doesn't take away your power, especially if you do it from a place of love and compassion and of service, which is also an aspect of the moon goddess and the sacred feminine that I think we have forgotten about that the true role of the feminine is to receive and the true of the role of the masculine is to give and i think we have forgotten that and this is something that we need to remember for sure another uh, essence is the goddess marking so i love astrology as you can tell um but some of the things in astrology that they're not usually you know they're not used like in a normal way that was such a weird sentence I don't even know why I said that they're not used commonly that's what I was trying to say (laughs) these are not things that are looked at commonly because we we look at the main planets and the main astrology signs and all that stuff but there are some things in astrology that really point us towards the sacred divine feminine and uncovering the ancient secrets of the moon goddess One of these things is the asteroids. And you've got Black Moon Lilith, who is the renegade 
goddess. These are all aspects of the feminine that just are sprinkled throughout astrology that are beautiful to understand in their own way to understand more understand more of the sacred facets of the moon goddess. There's Vesta, who's known as the keeper of the sacred flame. Ceres, who is the nurturing mother. Juno, who is the goddess of marriage and commitment. Pallas Athena, who is the goddess of wisdom. Eris, who is, you know, the hidden planet, the warrior rest kind of goddess. Of course, we've got Venus, <laughs> the goddess of love and beauty. In the Mayan tradition, she was also the goddess of war. And if we, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the entire Mayan calendar was based off of the planet Venus and the morning star and the evening star. And Venus herself has these phases just like the moon. So Venus and the moon in astrology are very much connected. And there's these two phases of during Venus's phase, one of them called the remembering and embodiment phase. Um, the other one called... Um, I can't remember the name of the other one. They're very different. They're very similar, I mean, in the wording, but they're different phases where during one phase, Venus and the moon conjunct five times in as crescent moon. Venus and the crescent moon, you can see them in the sky. And then in the during the other phase, it's Venus and the dark moon conjunct five times. And these are literally like at opposite ends of the spectrum between their cycles Venus's cycles, but Venus and the moon create these Venus moon portals that are so powerful. And so they're, they're connected. That's why when I say the moon, I say the moon goddess. And I'm talking about all of these things. I'm not just talking about the moon. And that's why to me, it's, it encompasses everything and all of it and why it's so powerful. The asteroids are a very beautiful way to understand this. There's also a 13th sign in astrology which is which is known as the sign of a fucus found between 8 and 26 degrees of Sagittarius this is the ancient mystery school traditions the occults the hidden secrets the snake bearer the womb of all creation kundalini awakening dna activation eternal truth the, the dark arts it rules the fifth element of ether or the spirit molecule or love <laughs> as if, if you've seen the movie the fifth element it's the snake that's shedding its skin, transformation, transmutation, transcendence, change, snake medicine in a good way. And the 13th sign is the hidden sign. So the only way you can access it is if you have one of these keys and a fucus starseed marking, which I can tell you if you have one of those, if you do a starseed ancestry reading with me, but or unless you know how to work with these energies with the two luminaries, which are the sun and the moon. And the moon illuminates the fixed stars, the sun as well. The moon flows through them a little quicker. This is my Stargates book is all about this, where I show you where these Stargates are and how you can work with them in a ritual way, in a ceremonial way. Everything I do is this, you guys. This is like the this is the one episode that's like embodying everything that I teach that I'm passionate about. But the 13th sign, this hidden sign, is really all about the goddess, the sacred goddess. And also the number 13 is the number of the goddess. And by the way, the Libra new moon, this Libra season that's coming up, is going to be at 13 degrees. So it's a goddess number. That's the day we're starting the moon goddess training. So, I mean, there's so much synchronicity here that um, I can't even put to words what I feel about 
this, you know, this time right now that we're living in, that we're going through, that is so important for us to remember who we are. And we are the moon goddesses. The next um, thing that you can kind of look at in terms of starseed markings, because the fucus is also a starseed marking, but there's another energy that you can, you know, look at in terms of starseed markings. And it's if you're, are, are you a serious starseed? And I mean serious as an S-I-R-I-U-S, the star, <laughs> the binary star system. The serious, you know, star system is a, a connection to the moon because it is found at 14 degrees of cancer in Western astrology. So if you have anything at 14 degrees of cancer, a planet an asteroid, an angle, or if there's aspects to this point, this activates the serious starseed energy. And the serious, you know, starseeds are, they have connections to ancient Egypt and the ancient Mayans. They have a deep connection with the ancient mystery school traditions. Of course they do. <laughs> and the wisdom teachings and have devoted entire lifetimes to exploring and mastering this knowledge. Syrians tend to have a vivid imagination and an innate gift for all things magical and mystical. Many Sirius starseeds are wizards, shamans, healers, witches, and other types of mystics. The Syrian star system has, you know, several planets. So they, there's a lot of beings that come from Sirius. They're very different. Some are elementals. Some work with nature and animals, mythical creatures, but serious starseeds are very intuitive. They're very creative. And get this, working with the moon cycles is especially supportive for these souls. And they usually have an innate ability to hold space for ritual and ceremony. Syrian starseeds have a natural gift for mystical healing modalities, including magic, intuitive channeling, and energy work. And I would add hermetic alchemy to that as well. And they're naturally gifted tarot readers, astrologers, psychic, mystics. Serious star beings have a strong inner navigation system and intuition. And this is one of their superpowers. So the Syrian star seeds are actually the, the moon goddesses like embodied. And I'm, you know, and I'm talking about the moon goddess and, you know, I, I work with women a lot, but this isn't just just for women. Um, this is also for the, the sacred masculine and those who embody the sacred masculine to like understand the balance between the masculine and the feminine. So the, the wisdom is for all, not just for women. The next essence or theme is moon magic. And that has to do with working with the phases of the moon, working with the transiting moon to access magical and multi-dimensional portals now the moon goddess un uncovering the ancient secrets of the moon goddess you have to understand the flow of the moon and that means the fact that she goes from new moon to waxing crescent to square to gibbous to full moon to disseminating moon to the third quarter moon the balsamic moon and then back to new moon again and what each of those phases really means. And then you have to add to that what sign is the moon is in while she's in one of these phases. And then you can add another layer. What aspects is she making to other planets while she's in these signs? 
And the next layer is how is this affecting yourself, your own charts? The astrology is intertwined. Astrology is part of the mystery schools of Isis, of Hathor, of, of, of Hermetic alchemy. Like it's part of it. So you can't separate these things. To understand the secrets of the moon goddess, you need to know astrology. It is part of the magic, the moon magic. And so when you understand her cycles and her phases and the fact that, you know, there's these eclipses and that the eclipses, the lunar and solar eclipses only happen during the new and the full moons. And while they're aligning with the nodes, which show us where we're supposed to focus our destiny our you know, humanity as a whole, what we're supposed to move away from and what we're supposed to focus on, like all of these things are interrelated and show us the magic, the secrets of the moon goddess, how she flows, she waxes and wanes and flows with the moon. That's literally a line from my song called Woman. But that's another aspect that helps you to understand the secrets of the moon goddess. And then we have the moon centers. And the moon centers is a, an ancient practice that was taught to us by Yogi Bhajan, who was the teacher, the Kundalini Yoga teacher, the Sikh, who, the Sikh, which is like part of the seeking, another mystical path. Um, he brought Kundalini Yoga to the West and he taught about these moon centers. And within the last moon goddess training in this one, I've discovered that there's two extra moon centers. There's 11 moon centers that are within the body, but then there's a one above the head that connects you to your higher self, your divine self. And then there's one underneath you, underneath your body, underneath your feet, which connects you to the earth and anchors you to this physical time-space reality. This is the duality of Pisces and Virgo, but it's also the duality of just your higher self, your higher knowing, and the, the earth herself. And these moon centers, they correspond to a specific crystal or stone, a specific goddess, a specific quality, a specific planet, a specific house, a specific sign. And there's 13 of them. So I don't really have time to kind of go through them, but I can just quickly tell you what they are so you can have a, an idea of this other magical layer of secrets of the moon goddess. There's the, the center above the head, just the sky, the crown expanding outwards towards the universe. This is the serpent goddess, the dark feminine, the womb of all creation, aligned with Lemurian seed crystals and the planet Eris and the 13th sign of Ephucus. Then we go to the hairline, which is goddess Isis and the high priestess, aligned with the energy of Labradorite, ruled by the moon, the fourth house, and possibly the third house of the priestess. Then we go to the eyebrows, which is aligned with white buffalo calf woman, the goddess of healing, rainbow moonstone, Chiron, Virgo, and the sixth house, and this is all about healing. Then we get to the cheeks, ruled by Tiamat, the goddess, the ocean goddess, and the stone of Lepidolite, the planet Pluto, Scorpio in the eighth house. Then we get to the lips, Aletheia, the empress of truth, Amazonite, Mercury, Gemini in the third house. Then it's the earlobes, goddess Psyche, the warrioress of inner truth, Azurite, the sun, Leo in the fifth house. And the back of the neck is ruled by Venus, the goddess of love, the stone of ruby, 
Venus, the planet, Libra, the sign, and the seventh house of relationships. And then the nipples is aligned with Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion. This is in our heart center. Lavender jade is the stone. Neptune is the planet. Pisces is the sign, and that's the twelfth house of divinity. We've got the navel center, which is green Tara, the warrior rest of manifestation. The stone of emerald, the planet Mars, Aries, and the first house. Then we get to the inner thighs. Anna, grandmother of Jesus, the enchantress of action, the stone citrine, the planet Saturn, Capricorn, and the 10th house. The clitoris is the next moon center. This is the three graces, the empress of charm, rainbow hematite is the stone, aligned with Jupiter, Sagittarius, and the ninth house. Then we've got the vagina moon center, the oracle of timelessness, Mary Magdalene, the prophetic energy of Mary Magdalene, clear quartz, which magnifies everything, and the planet Uranus, Aquarius, and the 11th house. And then we have the moon center below the body, which is the earth, the grounding cord, the first, second, and third dimension, the earth goddess, the empress Pachamama, Hathor, the stone of rose quartz, which is the love of the mother. And also brown aragonite, the earth, Taurus, and the second house. Those are the moon centers. I mean, I could literally do a single episode on each moon center and go like that deep into it. But this is actually a topic that is fascinating. And you have to really understand your moon centers. What they are, are these centers that I just described. They correspond to certain parts of your body. And you flow through each of them like two for two and a half days. You're going through these energies just like the moon. You go from feeling very open and expressive to very vulnerable to insecure to feeling at your best to feeling like you can get anything done to feeling like you're in a very compassionate place and you want to be of service and help the world to speaking your truth to sharing your voice to sharing the the deeper inner truths of you know your your story to being really sensual and wanting that intimacy and sexual connection to being very connected to your willpower to being feeling like you're you're aligned with the universe to feeling like prophetic in a way to feeling really grounded to feeling really divine i mean all of these beautiful energies we flow through and these are those are literally basically i just told you the moon centers in a different way <laughs> so this is something that we're going to cover extensively in the moon goddess training which i do cover in the moon goddess training every time i do the moon goddess training um, and I do this program at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. So there, it, it, when, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this episode. You can always go to my website, channelforgrace.gudu, and check out when the next Moon Goddess training is coming up. But this is the power of the Moon Goddess and uncovering the ancient secrets of the Moon Goddess. Part of it is discovering the 13 Moon Centers, what they represent when you're flowing through them, and each one of us has our own divine individual unique flow they're they don't go in order they flow with you and who you are and your magical essence and the last theme or essence that can help us understand the secrets of the moon goddess is ritual and ceremony and i've kind of talked a little bit about this but this really points to the everyday life 
from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. I say that, that's like a little phrase that I use because it reminds me of, are you walking the talk? It's so beautiful. I mean, we're coming full circle here. How this episode is coming out during this beautiful new moon in Virgo, which is all about purity, the virgin, your everyday path. It's like walking upon the earth, channeling the divine codes, channeling Christ consciousness, birthing, right? Birthing Christ consciousness through you by being pure and by walking the talk and and the path and trusting that you are a channel for grace. Ritual and ceremony can happen every single day. Every single day. There's like the simplest of rituals that you can do. And I'm not talking some big extravagant thing where you can you have to set up an altar and do this whole ceremony and chanting and invocation and stuff like that. And that every once in a while you should do that because those are very powerful ceremonies that align you with, you know, the divine realm as above, so below. Especially with Pachacuti Mesa, it's very much celestial energies embodied within your altar. But Using these things, altars, ritual, ceremony, is something that is part of the moon goddess, part of that path, that lineage of the mystery schools of Isis, of the mystery schools of Hathor, where you learn to, every single day, live in gratitude and understand and know that you are a spiritual being having a human experience here on earth, if you are an expression of the divine feminine, that you are walking upon the earth and you are a sacred being. And that is what the, you know, the last thing that we can kind of leave it at this, that the moon goddess can teach us this ancient secrets of being one with the earth and living every single day in gratitude and love for the life that you have and the ability that you have to connect with your higher self and the sovereign being that you are. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you again next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Channel for Grace Uncut podcast. If you loved this episode and this podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. You can find me on MeWe and YouTube as at Channel for Grace, and you can discover a world of amazing offerings on my website. If you want to learn astrology, if you want to learn about what it means to discover your inner sacred feminine, if you're curious about how the current astrology is affecting you, if you want a private astrology reading, compatibility or tarot oracle readings, and if you're looking for sweet handmade zodiac themed jewelry and other designs, go to my website, www.channelforgrace.guru. I will see you again on our next episode.